0: And we're here. Okay. Uh, episode 5. Uh, here we go. Um, hey, pray for babe. Uh, and she's concerned about my openness on the podcast. It's okay, though. I understand. Um... Yeah. So if you know anything about the Enneagram, she is a six. I'm a, I'm a three wing four. I I think kind of a quintessential three wing four, probably like, um, excels at things. Um, but sort of out of necessity to excel at things. It's either be good at something or die. Um, and there's like a creative, creative side to that too. Um, I think three, two is achiever with, um, a helper side. Um, three, four is like the achiever with the creative side. And I think that, uh, I don't know. So I, I believe I'm sort of a quintessential three, four in a lot of ways. Um, creative has to be good or yeah, it's be awesome or drown. Um, and I talk too much. So maybe that's why I'm doing this thing. Um, she's a six. Which is I think generally uh I think she's like a six a six wing six. Um, like a true six, which means um afraid of everything. The loyalist. But definitely the sky is perpetually falling. Um and uh yeah, so she just came at me. But you know Pray for Babe, hashtag hashtag pray for babe. She is gonna come on the podcast on on Monday. Um and uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about marriage. We'll probably talk about that fight actually. It wasn't really a fight actually. It was more her like, "Hey, what's up, man?" But um, you know, in her own way, it's precious. Okay, today we are um one of the things on my list that also somebody asked me about. Then after after whatever, uh, let's talk about fashion. <laughs> me sort of not the most fashionable guy in the world um, i've at one point I feel like I was more on top of things but let's talk let's talk through that um, I'm wearing my yellow beanie it's from this this beanie I have I have two from the same place it's called the hundreds is the name of the um, brand. The hundreds is the brand. Um, and they went, went to a hundreds shop in San Francisco several years ago. Super awesome. Um, cool little shop and bought, bought these, um, from there. And, uh, I thought they would be, they weren't, they weren't super expensive, but, um, I ended up really, really liking, uh, the beanie. It's like the 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 most comfortable beanies ever. And so I'll throw them on when I don't feel like doing my hair, uh, or whatever, but got the yellow beanie on. I I have a green, uh, pretty oversized, uh, vintage jacket that I got at the vintage shops, um, in London. There's, there is a, um, an area, sorry, I'm adjusting this mic stand. Um, goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, that's not awesome. Um, this mic stands goofy, whatever. Uh, there's this thing uh uh in shoreditch 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 um it's like a neighborhood up in 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 london and uh it's an underground vintage shop area with uh, i don't know how many vendors a lot like a ton of vendors and it's a whole underground mall of just um vintage clothes uh which is really cool and we all went when we went to london and paris Uh, a couple months ago, uh, went through there. Uh, my youngest son, Liam is very much into old vintage clothes, fashion stuff. And, uh, that was kind of part of his, his big thing on the trip. So, um, yeah, so we went and I mean, I am too, I'm definitely into it. Um, that's part of one of the things maybe I'll talk about his vintage clothes and kind of the rise of that thing. But, um, yeah, we've got a white polo underneath. I have a top shelf, some black denim on, I'm wearing stance socks. That's also kind of a thing. We get into that. That's new. And then I'm wearing what I believe are campus eighties. I think they're Adidas campus eighties. They're low. Um, I don't know. Just in case you wanted a mental picture of what I was wearing today. That's what I'm wearing. Um, clothing, I think for me, there's a, there's a couple layers to it for me personally. Um, Obviously, it's like sort of a way to stand out, I think, in the West, Western culture, uh, for sure. It, you have to find your niche on how to stand out. Uh, well, like That's sort of what drives fashion choices in part, I, I think. like at, at the core of why anybody makes any fashion decisions they make, whatever they are, it's sort of to maybe stand out a little bit or the exact opposite. It's, it's either to maybe stand out and to have your unique thing or to be not unique whatsoever. You absolutely want to, to fit in. Um, the reason why zebras have stripes is so it confuses... They're always in a herd, in a pack, and it confuses the uh, a tiger lion or whatever who's, who's hunting them down. And the reason why a lion will go for a big gash... On a zebra, I think, is to identify them as they're running away in the pack, so they know which one's already hurt, so because it, it's bleeding. I, I I did not make that up. It's sort of that's a derivative of something that's actually true. But anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah. So standing out with clothing and fashion choices. So I think I I think it's really hard to separate fashion choices as a person from either what your what music you listen to if we're going to put it just in plain terms uh, it's like pretty clear what music you listen to by like looking at how you dress or sort of vice versa on that equation what you listen to drives what you wear um it it's that's pretty pronounced i think in high school you have the emo kids you have the rock kids you had the hip hop kids you had the whatever Um, and it's like, yeah, well, that's kind of what the, that's the art style that they like and they value. So they dress like it. I think that's a pretty clean and distilled version of it. Um, that's one side is I think the, the musical, like artistic representation, like you clearly sort of want to dress like what you listen to. Like my oldest son loves, I don't know where he's at now, but definitely went through a very strong Tyler, the creator uh, phase. We all still love Tyler, the creator, that that music is awesome. He's an extremely, ridiculously gifted uh, artist and has made art that um, will last, I think, stand the test of time. But uh, all my son was wearing for a while was golf stuff and that 90s vintage style t-shirt. Had a couple golf golf wing necklaces. Um, I I don't think he had a pair of any of the golf chucks, but um, yeah, like that brand, those kids. If you're into Tyler or Odd Future, that rap group, or uh, anything, whatever, there was like an obvious look to that. Um, and I think that's part of it. I also, so se- I, I, it's hard to separate your fashion direction. There's a train, it's the sound of capitalism. Um, I don't think you can separate it from what you do for work either there there is that thing like you dress like what you do and I I had some recent epiphanies not epiphanies just like I guess like struggles with that um but I yeah I would say for the most part you do you dress like what you do or does what you do define how you dress? Sort of the same, which one, chicken or the egg sort of a thing. Like you see a guy like, oh, you're an accountant. Or do you dress like an accountant because you're an accountant? Like, oh, I know sort of whether I admit it or not, uh, this is what I do with my time, this is what I. This is where I go, these are the sort of people I hang out with, uh, this is what I'm thinking about, this is what I'm spending my career doing. Um, and so this is how I have chosen to dress like sort of un- unoffensive or whatever, where if you're an artist or a visual artist or, uh, whatever, I mean, pick a different lane of, you know, non-corporate job. Um, I think you're more apt to dress completely d- differently. So, okay. My point being, so I, for me, I'll just talk for, for me personally, I've spent most of my weekends on a stage for, mo- for most of my life for better or worse at times, definitely for worse. I think stage church stages, especially but stages in general can really mess people up. Um, but I was actually telling somebody recently, cause we were talking about, um, s- something else church, church related probably. And, um, I, I had calculated at one point I have done, um, 40 weekends a year, at least, where I walk onto a stage and plug headphones into a thing and deliver, you know, a handful of songs where there's multiple services. I've done 40 weekends a year, every year since I was 14, from probably 14 to 33, roughly. Um, I did, you know, roughly 40 weekends a year. Many of those years was sunday service different wednesday service different sunday night service so it's like three unique services um but a lot of those like that weekend per year would also relate to four or five services like congregations i kind of you know cycling through because you're doing multiple services whatever um and uh i'm gonna tighten this mic stand it's crazy There we go. Yep. Yeah. I had to use drumsticks. It's like a life hack on these mic stands. I literally picked the one mic stand that doesn't have the really cool twisty lock thing. It has the old school one. And you got to use two 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 drumsticks and you grip it and you twist it. You get more leverage. Okay. For, 40 weekends a year since for for essentially 20 years. Um and I calculated it out. It was roughly a thousand services, a thousand times I plugged in a set of headphones and played music in front of people. People are staring at you on your stage. So my original point was, uh, it's hard to separate what you do from how you look, I think, or the fashion choices you make and also um, what music you listen to. Um, So me on stage, uh, again, say what you will about... um, church and the nature of that but there was always there's always a level of dressing up a little bit um, when you're around other people w- when you're going to church you know for sure easy critique I get it I get it for sure All, we should be able to be accepted how, how we are and that's true and I would say n- nobody no church is going to kick you out if you're not dressed up I think th- those those years are probably long gone I did grow up wearing a suit to church per the photo CFC see, see, see podcast photo. Um, but, uh, especially particularly when you're on a stage thing too, like you're literally on a stage and I did grow up in mega church. Um, and we had like cameras, we had iMac, I was on giant screens ever, ever since I was a kid. Again, not good. I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm not bragging. It probably messed me up in more ways, but, um, yeah. So you kind of had to put it together, like. You're on stage. There's however many hundreds or thousands of us out here. And there's six of you on stage. There's some level of value that has been attributed to the people on stage, right or wrong. Um, You know, these are the people on stage leading us in in a time of songs, whatever. But like, dude, I don't know. I'm probably digging myself into a hole that I don't need to. But my wife got in my head earlier, clearly. Um, I've always had stage clothes and if you're a musician, um, you know, kind of what I'm talking about. There's a section of your closet that is like for, you know, weekends when you're on a stage and there, you know, there's going to be a lot of people staring at you. I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, there is a level where it's like maybe a little disingenuous. I get it. Um, disingenuous, um, Sure. Don't want to lean to that and that's on you. But, um, so there's always been like a musician thing. I've always had a musician sort of like lean to the way I dress, um, cuts and so on. Um, and recently I've stepped into a position where I have not been on stage last three years. I have not spent most weekends on stage, actually very few. I've probably been on stage on average, 10 times a year for the last three years. And typically 10, 10 weekends a year is all the weekends I had off. Like those were the, those are the weekends I wasn't on stage before. Um, and that coupled with me sort of stepping in into, into an executive role where I'm leading more things, more people really messed up how I dressed, how I'd walk into the closet and what my Typical immediate intuitions to put on were changed. And I felt like if I wear that, people won't respect me as much. And I need the respect somewhat to be able to be effective at my job. And that has sucked, if I'm honest. Because I just don't know, like, I don't know what to, I can't wear that because um, then you're just pigeonholed as a creative which i am but I'm also like making high level decisions for this for the organization um and maybe it's perceived that my decisions are not well thought through or well informed because I've got the yellow beanie from San Francisco on anyway I mean that's just like that's that's what that's what's in my head. Um, it's, it's caused me, nobody's said anything to me. I mean, really there's jokes, but you know, I don't dress the way I had typically would. Um, because of that, again, not saying it's right or anybody's making me do that, but that's just when I walk in and I consider all the things that I do for a living the conversations I'm having, the sort of meetings I'm leading, um, the people I'm sitting down with or whatever, like, yeah, maybe you don't wear those. Maybe, yeah, maybe I don't pull up in the Boston Berks to this thing, but the things I still sometimes do actually often, I still rock those things, which they're awesome. But you know, there's that. There's also a thing. I, I currently live in small town, Texas and the number of people that have intuitions to dress like I would is significantly smaller than places I have lived before. And so where I stand out, I stand out even more. I would always typically stand out. Cause again, that's been my pursuit. I suppose as some, someone of an artist or a musician, you know, you're going to wear clothes that make you stand out. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, a little, it's even harder here. Um, in this thing, again, not complaining, not bad, just it is what it is. Um, where so there's that, I think the last thing I would say too, I'm aging, Ugh. um, did I, So I was into sneakers. I was a sneakerhead. I would say, and I would say at a at a, at one point, it was probably a brief time. I would actually use that word. Now that word just bothers me because it's so it's not what it was, and I am gonna sound like an old head, but it's true. There there was there was a sneakerhead era. Where it only it was only for us, well, only we knew what that was. What that what that 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 was a limited edition thing. That that shoe they they didn't make that color in the low version, only the high version. I can tell that certain Jordans are, are Jordan mids and not Jordan highs because there are eight uh, there are eight lace holes, not nine. Nine there are nine lace holes um, on a on a Jordan high. Um, there are eight on a mid and you can tell cause the silhouette is slightly different. Um, yeah. Like, you know, the Tiffany dunks or the pigeon dunks or, I, I mean, whatever the, the sneaker kind of stuff I was into and I was into it for a number of years. It got totally taken by mainstream. Ugh, that sounds crazy that I'm like, Oh, the mainstream, the man took it. But you, you would, you would sort of in that, in that subculture, we had our things and we would buy and sell and have sneakers that we would wear and only certain people would know like, Oh, like that's a, that's a flex that he has those or he's wearing those or whatever. Um, and it just, it's not, it's not that way. Everybody is kind of a sneakerhead now. They are uh, kind of kind of pretend to be at least, you know, you can go to Foot Locker do the thing. But that was kind of the game. It was like, if you can get these at Foot Locker, you're not really a sneakerhead. That that was the thing. Like if you can just go to the store and get them, you're not really doing it. You have to hunt. You have to stand in line. You have to maybe get a raffle ticket. You have to know when the drop is happening, be first in line. And there were times, there was a period of sneakerhead stuff where you could get them. You wouldn't uh, be able to just walk into the store whenever you whenever you wanted on a Tuesday and they'd be on the shelf. But you could get them. You'd have to stand in line, but you'd have you could get them. Um, but man, like let me. Jeez, I could run through the eras too. I, I spent too much time talking about the other stuff about fashion. We got into shoes. Um, I'll probably end up having to do a whole another episode on Kanye West. Uh, because that that could take thirty minutes on his contribution to that world which is unfathomable i would say no nobody has combined culture and fashion to move the needle in those ways i get it he's bro is wild says a lot of crazy things and that's that's all fine i'm not really necessarily making any commentary on his current or recent um well what he said or whatever who cares that's what i'm talking about I, I literally just the actual net product that he has added in his designs i mean we chunky sneakers exist at the highest levels of fashion like gucci and ysl and whoever else balenciaga went on a whole run a few years ago of you know starting to infiltrate the entire market with with chunky sneakers and you come out of the chunky sneaker thing and because and those are like you know YSL or whoever Gucci is gonna make a twelve hundred dollar version that st- stuff sort of lives at the top end of culture and then over the next couple of years it still starts to trickle down and then you have sort of the affordable middle-class version of that thing over time which resulted in like that f- stupid chunky Fila shoe um, and then really it gave birth to the to the Air Force One thing that happened but that whole reintroduction of the chunky shoe was because Kanye did it first don't at me that's a fact oh yeah we'll do it we'll do a whole thing later um we'll talk about his music too because we can't talk enough about that but um man I mean the way Kanye put the ultra boost thing on the map in 2015 2016 I mean that whole Adidas run was crazy. That run was insane, actually. Um, I remember where I was when I saw that Adidas NMD ad. Like a, they were in like Europe. I wasn't in Europe. The ad was in Europe. I was upstairs at a church office. Um, yeah, the guy like walking through Europe, like the straight cut black pants, and then he was like walking through a water puddle under a tunnel. In the NMDs, and it was the black with the red and the blue. That was absolutely crazy. That shoe was insane. Um, and then you got the Kanye, like he's wearing the, the double white with the Continental Soul uh doing a it, it's like one photo of Kanye West. Um he's performing live he's, his concert, he's got in ears in and he's jumping and he's wearing an all-brown suit. Uh, and he's got the ultra boost white 2.0s on a uh, uh, crazy, crazy moment. And then the whole ultra boost run goes crazy. The creams, which were like friends and family only. And like, yeah, that, that was a whole thing. I did. I was into sneakers. The Jordan run came back, got into that. I was in a Jordan before, but couldn't really afford them. Um, but I, I would say for me, it all started too back. I was a kid. Uh, we did not have money growing up and I went to a sc- uh, was, it, we were in a in an area of Houston that was like, not, you know, wasn't wealthy or anything. I uh, actually at all, it was so unwealthy. In fact, that we had to, we had to wear uniforms at our school. Um, not because, you know, we wanted to be good preppy kids or the school. It was because it was to stay away from gang violence because, <laughs> uh, too many people were wearing, um, gang related colors and you'd get stabbed or whatever. Um, and, uh, that, that was the only way you could flex Was with shoes at, at, at an all uniform school We had like baby blue shirts um, And khakis and whatever else And the only thing you had To like associate yourself With a culture um, Which at the time Was basketball I mean that was that's That was pop culture Was basketball culture It was the height of the, the Jordan Michael Jordan thing um, I remember crying Because I couldn't get A poster of him dunking from the, from the free throw line. There's like this one picture. It's like a hard 90 degree. Uh, That's crazy. That, that photo is amazing. Um, but dude, I had, I mowed some lawns and I saved up some money and my dad chipped in the other half. And I want to say the shoe was $90, which in like the mid nineties was absolutely, that might as well, might as well have been a million dollars, 90 bucks in the nineties. You could buy a house for $90 in the, in the nineties. Um, it was a Gary, the Gary Payton glove. Dude. The, the amount of lust that I had for this shoe is hard to describe. Um, black neoprene zip up sleeve around the whole shoe neoprene with a zipper on the front and then you unzipped it and there was a baby blue if I'm not mistaken mine, yes, my mine wear baby blue this like claw thing, it wasn't a claw uh whatever, it was like hugging the, side of the sides of the shoe and Gary Payton he was like defensive player of the year like forever, so his nickname was the glove and there was a black neoprene, oh my god I'm having such hard flashbacks right now on that shoe. The day I rolled in to middle school with those shoes on. Do you even understand? You don't understand. I remember that entire day. People, you look at you. Hey, what's up? What's up? And they look down. They're like, no way. People go crazy. I went to the gym. was like second period, I think, and it was like everybody gathered around. They made me put my foot on the um, on the bench so they could see it. People were unzipping it. Oh man! And I had the Tommy Hilfiger socks. Do we even need to talk about those? Ever since then, shoes. That was it. We couldn't afford nothing, but I had. I won that day. That day, I won. Those Gary Payton's bro. Um I was going somewhere with all of this. Okay. So I'm at the age now where some of it is because like I said, sneaker culture has been proliferated into pop culture. So now just regular pop regular pop things is sneaker stuff, you know, off White Jordans and um, whatever else, and I think it's kind of moved past that a little bit. I hope because I am not seeing as much of that anymore. But um, I got to, I hit this age where m- me and my son's friend had the same shoe, and it was like, no, you know, I'd like drop drop him off to go hang out with his friends or whatever, and it's like, hey, Mister Ramen, six shoes. Like, oh, brother. There is that one meme. It's like Steve Buscemi. He's like, how do you do, fellow kids? One hundred percent me in that moment, like holding the skateboard. How do you do, fellow kids? you imagine, like, you you drop off your son for something and you guys have the same shoes on? Imagine if I, like, leaned into that. Like, I'd dap him up like, yeah, bro. I'm hit, man. I'm so cool. So it was like, I don't know, the last few years, I've talked about this with, like, people who are close to me too. Like, the last few years has been that sort of identity crisis. I'm like, well, ah. Uh, I'm not gonna do the teenage sneaker thing. This is goofy, even though I love them. I have a couple. There's two pairs of Jordan One Highs that I'm sitting on. I'm the price for them is climbing up. They're used. I mean I've worn them, but I'll probably be able to get somebody out of them. But yeah, my shoe collection has dwindled significantly. I had at one point it was in the 50s, probably pairs of shoes roughly. With boxes, a eh? um, and that's um gone down a lot. I've sold a lot of them. Given a bunch of them off to Goodwill, but most of the shoes I've spent money on, I could get money out of, which was nice. Um, but I think the kick I'm on, I mean, when it comes to clothing, uh, is just the quality classics. Um, the last probably two years. I mean, I've had these shoes for a number of years, but um, probably. Seven or eight years, but I think I like now. I'm like, but I would always kind of like revert to them every now and then, and then I would still wear like my hit, like cool guy sneakers, like my sneaker sneakers, like pretty frequently, but like my Jordans or whatever. Um, I mean, I had them all too. I had New Balances and Sauconys, and um, what's the other brand? I forget. I've had, I mean, I've had a bunch of cool sneakers. Um, but I find myself in the classics category at this point, at this age, at 36, I'm, I've devolved, not devolved. Yeah, kind of, I'm, I'm in the classics era, uh, which I feel like just spend, spend more on a higher quality product that is more timeless and be okay with it. It's a, it's a long-term discussion, but, um, I like Sandro it's a French brand. I have a couple Sandro things. Um, my favorite, I really have a hard time not wearing these pants, but I, I have three or four pairs of G-Star bottoms. They're, I mean, just pants. They honestly, you probably, if you see me around, I'm, I'm probably in a pair of the G-Stars and it's like one of three and there's, they're all kind of the derivatives of the same exact cut. If you've ever seen the G-Star um, pants, when you see them on, on not on somebody, like just on a hanger, they're in like a hard bow. Like it's a bow shape, like a total bow curved legs. It looks absolutely crazy. But when you put them on, it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, but G-Star is a Japanese brand. Um, none of them are denim. These are all, um, I don't even know what material it is, a nylon sort of thing or whatever. It's like pants. Um, one is, one of them is cargo. Yeah, one's, one's a cargo, two of the other, whatever, just straight up. But it's the way the pockets are laid out and stuff. They're so comfortable. And G-Star is a re- really nice, like a high-quality Japanese brand. Um, I have a hard time not wearing one of those three pants every day. Um, I have a couple other odds and ends, but it's like kind of those three pants. And then um, I'm sitting here currently wearing uh, a pair of pants that I will not tell you how much I spent on them. Um, but they are the most expensive single. Yeah. These are the most expensive pants I've ever purchased, but it's because I dumped, I, I literally got rid of probably 30 pairs of pants recently. I sold, I actually sold quite a few of them. Um, some I sold online, but, um, just took, took them to like a, you know, thrift store or whatever, but I I'm into what I've got now. Um, is a pair of double RLs. It's Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren has several tiers to their brand. I mean, what you're going to see most places, the TJ Maxx's and all this stuff is like Polo or just Ralph Lauren or just Ralph or just RL. I don't know. There's like six or seven tiers, which, you know, to most people, Ralph Lauren stuff is like, Oh, you know, it's cool in the nineties and two thousands and whatever. And, and it's true. Like, I think a lot of, a lot of their offering is, is f- fine, you know, whatever. Um, but they have two tiers of, of the brand in Ralph Lauren. There's the double RL. And then above that is purple label. Um, these are double RLs and these are Japanese selvage denim and they're stiff. Like they're, these are tough. And I, I make it a point to wear them as often as I can. I've had them for maybe a month and a half. Um, and they were that's it was a stiff pair when they came on but i'm getting to where i'm broken in a little bit more and um it's a little stiffer on the waist that's because i've been eating not great lately and i gain weight fast um but uh i'm into it like they're black and the other three pairs of pants that i always try to wear are black also i think i'm into that but all three of the all four of those pants are japanese these double RLs are a forever pant, as far as I'm concerned, and that's kind of why I went for it. I don't know, whatever. Um, I have shoe wise, I don't know. I'm down to like 20 pairs, pro- yeah, less than that, I think. I have a pair of off white sneakers that are, I love. Sh- you know, rest in peace, Virgil Abloh. Um, got him when he was still alive. Uh, I love those sneakers; they're great. They're they look. They're cool. They're off white. They have, like, the, the red X thing on them. It's great, but they're actually really comfortable, um, which I found surprising. Um, and then I have one, two, three, four. I have five pairs of common projects. Well, I don't love admitting that, but um, all with the exception of one I bought used. So, you know, again, don't at me. Um, I think that, okay, that's the thing. The millennial... You know, let's say a piece or a pair of shoes cost a few hundred dollars, which is not unheard of in this world. Um, it's like to certain people or certain certain demographics, it's like shocking. How could you spend that kind of money? And it's true. Like it's a lot of money on a pair of shoes or whatever. But if I was like, oh, I'm going to add a $300 uh, whatever dot 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 to my car. Nobody would bat an eye if I want to upgrade this little thing on my car or I got I'm going to add, you know or God forbid I put in a four by four square of turf next to my house. Like a it'll t- well, be 800 bucks and nobody would even say anything. Oh yeah. You know, house stuff just costs. I'm, you know, the fence in my, on my house was $75,000. I didn't pay for it. The builder put it in. Thank God is right, right before we bought it. But dude, I, like literally lots of life costs a lot of money. And I think the, the millennials chose to some of us chosen to value quality pieces of things that you wear often that will hopefully last a long time and make you feel good when you wear them um, and uh, yeah don't judge us I have no I, I have three cars and I have one car payment and one of the car payments is really cheap honestly we're're we're about to knock it out. I know people with two or three car payments or whatever. If I had an $800 car payment, uh, some people, they have a $700 car payment or two car payments worth 700 bucks and they spend 50 bucks on sneakers and which is fine. That's your prerogative. But if we just flip those, you can't judge me. It's the same money, dude. Anyway, I'm not spending 700 bucks on shoes all the time. Um, but, um, the common projects thing makes sense for me. Um, just uh, again, it's like the classic thing. It's not gonna, I'm not going to overlap with a 15 year old on that one, uh, which makes me feel better about myself. Um, and, uh, let's see. I, I don't, I mean, there's, I have a bunch of stuff that's probably not worth mentioning. I I got out of Doc Martens. I like docs a lot. That's great. But, um, I was going to say something else. I don't know. Uh, Maybe that's it. Uh, Fashion. We did it. Bye.